0: Welcome, everyone. This is PlantTherapy.Live coming at you this week and live from Nova Scotia, Canada. My name's Ray. And I'm Pache. And welcome to everyone joining us tonight, uh, both live or recorded. Head on over to Facebook and search Plant Therapy Live and go ahead and smash that like button to all the beginner growers out there be sure to go back and listen to season one because there's lots of good stuff there and uh we're also streaming the grow tent uh live on there as well so stop by and check it out but the key here is to just go to planttherapy.live because it's all there it's all fresh and it's all for you you get it all at planttherapy.live Therapy.live 1100 downloads or views in total across all platforms
1: all right. So yeah. We cracked that 1000. That's <laughs> and that's I didn't ridiculous. even notice it.
0: I didn't even notice it because I wasn't adding everything up together. I was kind of focused on uh, on one. High. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> uh so yeah. Uh, I was That's surprised. exciting. Yeah, it is exciting, right? When you think well, about Well, thanks it. to all our listeners. Yeah, that's thank just you. Uh, right. incredible. Onward and upward from here. So, uh how you doing over there anyway? Exciting <laughs> anything exciting going on this week or what?
1: It's been like, the spider wars. It, uh, That's yeah, so. <clears> throat> throat> it started uh, about four or five days ago. I opened mm. up the tent and I'm just puttering around and being, being nosy, checking out some things. And I see a little spider with a web and I, mm. in the same spot where I saw one before uh, weeks ago, weeks and weeks ago. And I thought, oh, shit. And so I I got them right away, and and then later on in my inspection, I saw a few webs, um, sort of nothing thick, just sort of like a a long, thin line, basically, and I saw maybe two or three of them around, and uh, so the war was on. (laughs) All right, so pause right there, so so we're going to get into that when we
0: get your update. Um, Mm -hmm. Very curious to know how this pans out, Uh, but we have a really good show planned uh, tonight. We're going to break down... Bro science, man. Bro science. Uh, A lot of these things that, you know, people tell you, your buddies and stuff, you know, may bring it up. Definitely something that you see uh, online. Pache, when
1: we first kind of talked about the idea, were you familiar with the term? No, I wasn't. Um, And and when you sort of described it, in my head, I sort of equated it to like old wives' tales. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah yeah me too kind of yeah exactly same kind of thing it's just it's it's information that's passed you know from brother to brother um but not necess- not necessarily backed by any science right it's just you know if you're unsure of the term once we get in here you- you'll know in a few minutes um but really research and online. I've personally tried a lot of these things over the years because you do see this stuff, right? Uh, Especially on the old forums, and they used to be the main place for information. Uh, And, you know, upon lots of research, this stuff, some of it, has merit, um, but a lot of it is bullshit, and tonight we are going to sift through the shit and give you what you need to know, Pache. It's my pleasure to be shit-sifting shit with you. Uh, <laughs> Say so, that uh, five times <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a good show tonight. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, it's going to be so good that we're probably going to need a part two, so lots of these little things out there, but uh, we have selected some of the most popular, and tonight we'll get uh, deep into them, but first, Pache
1: let's go ahead what's going on with these spiders okay so uh we are now in the second week of flower for my purple kush and as always i'll bring up my little spreadsheet here for anybody checking us out on youtube um and anybody that is interested in sort of spreadsheets and is a little anal like that like myself so here we are, second week, and things are humming right along. Um, but like I said last week, and uh, day nine, so I noticed that uh, there was spider webs on the leaves, and I vacuumed them up all around. So I did so, a deep inspection.
0: so so hold on. So when you noticed them, though, did you notice
1: any little spiders, like tiny little baby spiders, or just the webs? Um, so I noticed one very small spider, like a quarter of the size of a an, a, an eraser uh, on a pencil. And okay. for those of you uh, that might not know, a pencil is a writing device that we used back <laughs> in the 1900s.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> even still, I think a quarter of the size of that was, because I had spider mites before, and and usually when you see the web, it's got tiny little spiders all over. So so I think, like, I think, yes, you got spiders making webs, absolutely, but I don't necessarily know right away, like, to, mm-hmm. if, if it's well, actually spider mites
1: yeah and and i didn't get the feeling because it, i wasn't seeing sort of that thicker webbing uh, like i said it was more like the the thin lines and it was at the same time of year like things are really cooling off here in canada especially on the east coast not as bad as the interior of course but um all the spiders are coming in you know they're uh they know winter's around the corner, the snow's gonna fly, and they're trying to find their winter homes. And so I think that's what's going on. And so I we'll ended up doing a, a real deep clean of the interior and exterior environments. Um, I really moved everything around, cleaned in crevices that, uh, you know, maybe have never been cleaned before. Um, and just really did a thorough, thorough job and, um, thinking that I'm okay I'm getting them all and but you never get them all so I uh, I wake up the next morning and I'm anxious to see what's going on in the tent and so I see about four or five of them in there and they're the the sort of longer dandelion dandelion uh, dandy long legs that's what I think we used to call them as kids yeah um, so that, I don't think they're if, harmful if you squished them that you'd bring on rain yeah 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 exactly Um, so there was a bunch of them around and, you know, when I say a bunch, I say four or five. So I vacuumed them all up and then I have these, uh, sticky traps that are almost like, um, half sheets of paper. And so I've laid them around. Um, and so between the cleaning, like going in every day, every morning I unzip the tent and I'm in there with the little, um, you know, dust buster or whatever. And, um, the past two days I haven't really seen anything. Um so I'm feeling better about it now. Um we'll see what tomorrow brings of course, but you always have to be on guard and uh you know we just finished I think 15 weeks of veg which is crazy. Um but the plants are are strong, they're big, they're they're producing the um the buds are starting to form and stack. Yes, sir. Um so it's it's getting really exciting and I'm looking forward to posting the entire grow from start to finish up on our uh Facebook page.
0: Yeah, let's get that live feed on the go there too, Pache. Yeah, right.
1: so do you know what? Uh I don't right. know if we're going to be able to get it up before the harvest or not. I'm um, just with there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh Christmas is coming right around the corner and we're in full swing here and in preparation and I still have a lot of um, Decorating to do internal and external. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be happening in the new year for sure. Um, because I've got some incredible Bruce Banner that I'm going to be uh, bringing to everybody. Awesome. So. That's, uh, that's sort of where I'm at. Uh, what about yourself, Ray? What's going on with, uh, with your girl? You are getting close, my friend.
0: Oh, yes. Today was a good day, man. I got so many trikes on my fingers that my fingerprint sensors don't work anymore. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the problems, the problems to have. Yeah. So day 56 of flowering today for my personal, um, the devil's pixie dust seems like it's gone which the is how mildews kept itself at bay yeah I pushed the front line back I pushed the nice. front line back and well next week is harvest so let's go there right I mean um looking forward to having a nice harvest the buds are nice and full and dense just like they were last week um beauty gave, gave them half strength newts um today so but when you when you open up the the tent man you just get pucked in the face with the smell it's just absolutely incredible it makes me have Mm. a newfound respect for the carbon filter right because it's just it's really doing its job Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh but yes standard i mean cleaned uh all the buckets um took three of the plants out i couldn't take that fourth plant out because of what we talked about last week i got that tied up um and that can't be really moved too easily it's fallen all over itself so i basically had to scoop as much water as i could out of the uh, out of the pot today and fill it up that way and we'll just go with that Uh, but cleaned everything else and next up we're gonna have four mint chocolate chip coming all in one group so i'm gonna get ready for that and You know my temps are dropping a little bit so i do welcome that a little bit because of course it keeps my water temperature low and i'm growing in dwc so um but that also
1: trigger uh the, the resin
0: glands to produce well i mean not you know not necessarily produce maybe um cause some you know, it can cause color variations and, and things like that. In some, in some strains, I guess it can, but I don't know if it's going to happen in my case, but we'll see, mm. you know. Um, cool. I, I did grow. I can't these, wait to see when it's done. Oh my I, goodness. I did grow these strains in, in cooler temperatures already. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens as we move forward, but I'll have to get the kind of the heat in order uh, soon enough. So that'll be on my, uh, on my list of, projects to do moving forward um, i'll be coming down to
1: cape breton to uh to have a taste
0: oh absolutely come on over you know me doors always open and we'll get right into that and that's one of the Put the Catalan. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um but commercially things are going very well uh, as well we had to uh adjust uh scrognets <laughs> on the weekend so two, two layers of scrognets we we had to adjust uh everything was kind of uh, starting to shift. So we had to make some adjustments there, but we got it. So, uh, but the buds are stacking nice and, um, seem to have a bit of weight starting to them. So we'll really see. But (laughs) when you get outside this door, let me tell you, uh, Pache, the, whew, and you open this door, I'm telling you, you never, you you never smelled anything in, in, in your life. Um, these are gr- being grown under led lights too so we'll keep everybody posted uh, there uh, and then we recently took some clones they're all rooted they're starting to grow and uh, all tucked into their temporary home so things are going quite well it's blue skies ahead on all of that so far and of course
1: it's time for question of the week <laughs> Those trumpets.
0: <laughs> the trumpets of
1: get stoneness. <laughs> the, the trumpets of get stoneness. I I, I, I I like that. The trumpets of get stoneness. <laughs> yes. Do you know what? I'm so glad you said official, I'm glad this right? is being recorded because we'd never remember that. Dude, I've been saying this for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man.
0: Three weeks, I think. We'll have to go back in time and see. welcome 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 to the party
1: oh well listen uh, for those of you that don't know the uh, the real show happens before and after (laughs) we go live (laughs) too funny that's what we should be recording and sharing (laughs) um so i just celebrated my one year cannabis growing anniversary all right hey
0: (laughs) yes sir all right
1: thank you very much happy it's happy growversary to you buddy Thank you very much, man. Uh, it's you know because of you, Ray. I have to say, I um, you know you're a friend of mine, and so I hate to give you uh, compliments. <laughs> but When they're due, I I don't mind, and uh, and in this case, they are most certainly due. I uh, I struggled with my grow, you know, and when folks out there, I'm telling you, a year and four weeks ago, I had not grown anything in my life i've never grown a plant uh i've never planted a seed except actually in grade primary i think i was five years old i think we did an experiment with a a styrofoam cup um so that would have been the last time i grew anything and i didn't even know how the plant grew or where the buds really sort of came from like the auxiliary buds um and where they grow from the the node um i didn't understand any of that. And so I was starting from a very complete fresh slate, um, blank chalkboard. And uh, and so, wow, what a journey it has been. And so when doing my research, uh, some of the things I studied and learned about was you know low stress techniques and high stress techniques. And I saw a lot of unusual suggestions. And one of the most extreme that I saw was driving a spike through the stalk of the plant. And this is to increase yield. Uh, So one of the things I I sort of wanted to ask, and one of the many things I asked you, Ray, you know, (laughs) is this true? And I was constantly bombarding you with questions daily. Um, So what do you think? Uh, Should we start driving spikes through our uh, stocks? Well, you know, I've seen this one online.
0: I've seen it. I'm not going to lie, you know. (laughs) Man, like, I just don't, you have to look at risk reward, right? I mean, I've seen pictures of people doing this stuff and you know is it being done in a controlled environment number one is what I want to know and if so why aren't you posting the actual scientific you know results mm. my that's my first you know thing that but I've seen people post pictures uh does it work well I can't see how it would right you're driving something right through the main the main transport of nutrients and water, yeah, you're interfering and everything. with the
1: highway of nutrients,
0: right? Exactly. So why would you do that and have to, you know? your plant is going to survive absolutely 100 percent. your plant will rebound it will grow a big knuckle it will just grow around it whatever the case may be like you know, huge knuckles and in, in it's going to
1: waste energy repairing it right
0: exactly so i can't see that happen i uh, you know i can't see that happening at all so i, I i'm going to say avoid that one um that is not a gentle procedure at all um and when people kind of give information like that, you have to really ask yourself: you know, is this proven information, and do your research, or um, is it just somebody that's that's putting this out there for ill
1: harm? Right? But absolutely. Yeah. And when it comes to getting correct information, there's sort of a way to sift through it. And, and here's what you need, need right. to know, I guess: um, were the plants separated into a control group versus a test group, which is what you said a few minutes ago? Yeah. Um, were the clones taken from the same mother? Right. And that's um, another
0: big one, right? Because if you're growing four or five different kinds and
1: testing yeah. the stuff right there, then you're never going to know. There's too many variables that can be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you're trying to find out and determine the effects of one specific variable, it's best to control as many of the other ones as you can. Right. Exactly. Uh, how many times did you repeat the test and get the same results? Mm-hmm. Um, how many uh, different strains did you test? Mm-hmm. Um, were the environments controlled across all the groups yep um, will you or did you share your data amongst other uh, growers
0: right and that the, these are the kind of things that I look for right when, when I'm doing the research into this because some of this stuff isn't research by the University of Colorado although some is but not everything right so mm-hmm. sometimes you have to rely on growers that you know are are doing this stuff mm-hmm
1: yeah absolutely um another one that i was uh thinking about was um you know will you when you add more fertilizer will you get more yield <laughs> i i
0: i see that one qu- quite a bit right you know just add more, and more just add more right and mm-hmm. keep adding more and then you'll have a bigger yield that's um it's cute right that that's but no on so many different levels as as we should all know right Ooh, you can't just keep adding fertilizer for larger yields. Yeah. And you know, that might hold true for 5% of the time for somebody that hasn't given their plant any nutrients and just starts, but, um, you need to pay attention to this stuff, right? And what your plant, you need to learn what your plant needs and, um, make sure you're giving your plant exactly what it needs. Right. And you know, if this is news to you, then go back and listen to season one and all of our other episodes, because we kind of touch on, on the importance of of this stuff uh, all the time. Um, you've never felt that one to be true. Have you?
1: No, No, I I mean, I follow a very strict feeding schedule, so I, I don't deviate in that sense. You know, I am, and because everything worked so well the first time um you know i'm going to steal this uh, catchphrase from uh from somebody um in the real estate industry but uh, i was too successful to do it any other way
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: you know so uh, yeah i don't um i'm very strict when it comes to my nutrients you know nutrients and now i've, I've recently added molasses which we'll get into um in, in a little bit um and then the next feeding is the CalMag and Monster Max for the roots. Um, and, and now I don't deviate from that schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the next one, uh, this is something that I personally uh, do, and it's two days of darkness at the end of flowering, and will it make a noticeable difference in the trichome production? So, I, I do a couple of things. So, I do uh, 36 hours of darkness um, at the beginning of the flowering cycle and at the end of the flowering cycle, and I do it at the beginning of the flowering cycle just as a way to trigger the the flower into letting it know, okay, you need to start um, letting the plant know it needs to start st- surviving because it hasn 't had it 's been deprived of of light for 36 hours, so it needs to survive and start moving in that direction. Um now I didn't do that this time around because I did a, a gradual transition where I loaded the um the light, the hours of light uh, from 18 hours to 16 to 14 to to 12 and I did it over the course of a week. Um so I didn't do it this time that um to get that trigger, but I will at the end I do like to do um a 24 to 36 hour in in darkness when I once I harvest. Well actually uh, no, actually, just before the harvest and then uh, and then I harvest and then they go back into uh, into darkness and into the tent what about you ray what uh, what do you do
0: well i mean I, i've uh, you know two days of darkness i i 've tried it at the end of flowering uh, a couple of different times, but um and and with the same genetic right uh, th- this one 's kind of an easy one to An easy one to test. Uh, I'm going to be honest; I didn't find any noticeable difference either, and I can't find anything online other than just bro posts that actually confirm this, right? And that's the thing. There's some of these as we work through them um, that are backed by 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 science, but this one here, I I couldn't find anything that actually confirms this science-wise. So, you know, but uh, that we'll have to leave that one open for. Uh, you know, kind of as we, uh, as Pache goes through with his own specific genetic, which could react differently, right? And we'll kind of see that, right? But having it, having it, having that to compare to something else is the other thing too, right? So,
1: yeah, and and I think I'm going to try um, at least this time around because I'm in that learning curve, trying everything new. I'm such a new grower myself. Um, I'm going to try at the end of this flowering cycle not to, do that um darkness and just go right into to the harvest see what just see what happens mm-hmm. i'm not going to yeah. change things so dramatically that you know i'm probably going to even notice to be honest because i'm not i don't have any tools to measure um the density of trichomes per square inch or anything like that so mm-hmm. i mean but you can definitely you know separate them
0: and cure them and you know, first joint of the day it, and first joint of the day it to something else, and give it a whole college mm. try. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, if, I it's like doing, it <laughs> if it's worth doing of the day soon, if it's worth doing, it should be worth. It should be
1: something that you know shows a result if it's worth doing. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. That's a good point. If it's worth, if you're going to get um, the results, then yeah, give her. Yeah, and I mean, keep in mind again, different genetics. Right, there's so many different things. So. Just, it's always a variable. And now, flushing. Uh, does flushing <laughs> improve taste by removing excess nutrients from the plants? Oh, man. This is like... This is like, a big one.
0: This is a constantly evolving one, right? And I'm... Mm, right? It's it's like <laughs> it's there's two teams. There's two teams here. Like there is on a couple of other other topics like this, but this is definitely (laughs) one that, uh, it's been a great source of research for me as of late, especially to, um, because I made the transition to, you know, a permanent, um, DWC, right. And I haven't really done a permanent one, um, just off and on. So I really just wanted to make sure I was getting the right information and, 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 stuff like that. And, um there's anti-flushers <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, the, there's anti-flushers and there's flushers the anti-flushers the, you know they're on the sideline saying that we're robbing the plants of nutrients um and doing that at any stage I, and of i can the growth. totally see their point too yeah and and doing that in any stage of the growth cycle you know is counterproductive and doesn't benefit the the plant growth in any way mm-hmm. right and they're saying once the nutrients are absorbed right they're there permanently and they can't be you know removed um so and they're saying that you just can't you know expel the nutrients um or use them up simply by denying the plant more nutrients so you know that's their kind of main points and the the flushers they're you know saying you know flushing your plants is not robbing them of nutrients what you're doing is just allowing your your plants to use the excess nutrients that they've accumulated during their grow cycle right which is a little bit different Um, and the flushers are saying that your flowers will actually start to swell a bit after the nutrients are removed because your plant is not focusing on nutrient uptake anymore which I don't know is if that's true or not I you know we'll keep that one open for discussion but this is a hot topic. This is the, I'm glad you brought this one up because this is a real hot topic. Um, you know, and we have to go by our experiences that that's, that's the big thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently, and a lot of people, when I tell this story, a lot of people are, are, are gonna, are gonna relate to this. I, I recently smoked or knocked a, a flower off one of my plants when I was working on it. there like two weeks ago or a week ago. And, um, yesterday, uh, well, I had left it out on the bench to, to dry premature and uh, yesterday I, uh, I had that and in, in a joint and actually it burned really good. it tasted really good and my PPM of my nutrient solution at this time was around 800 okay which is you know getting close to the maximum for your for you hydroponic uh, growers out there as you would know um, you know when this happened so and when I smoked it it did burn really well um so worth talking about right it's a it's a piece of evidence to kind of th- throw into the pile but i've but but what what people say happens like with the can't burn and the snap crackle pop and the really dark ash like i've had that happen to me okay a, as well so i know this is a thing i've had it happen to me a couple of different times and and you know you roll a joint and the joint won't stay lit um Mm-hmm. This you know this happened to me specifically when I was growing with um, like Miracle Grow and stuff like Miracle Grow like that blue you know chemical fertilizer stuff right um, so it, it, it's important to keep that in mind so it, I found the few times that I used that used that in the very beginning because it was readily available. Um, I had these experiences. So I know it's a thing. And I know, like, I've moved on to other different types of nutrients that are much better, but I've always followed the same process (laughs) growing in soil, right? Because it's just, you get used to it. And if it works, then you're not going to start changing things that that work over time. Um, But, you know, as things evolve and as different technologies and upgrades and and things evolve and stuff, right? It's just um, really just gives you um you know an opportunity to keep your mind open and 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 kind of go with the flow now that living soil is a thing right like you don't have to flush living soil right that's a thing now right because there's no actual like chemical nutrients in there to flush right so that's a gentle process you don't have to flush um organic you know organic soil either um so you know, people that are growing in these things know this stuff already. Right. And if they say they don't flush, that doesn't necessarily apply to everybody else. Like, uh, in DWC, I've come to learn or in hydroponics, right? Like I only have to flush for two days. That's enough. Um, people that grow in cocoa might, might have to flush up to a week. Uh, and they still recommend, they still recommend people that are growing in soil to flush, Uh, for up to one to two weeks so we're just you know let's leave that on the table as something that constantly evolves but people people have different scenarios right and different things work for them so yeah i do a i do a two-week flush myself right and i mean you're using like diablo nutrients right as we as we Mm -hmm. talked about right so Mm -hmm. you're making sure that you've got everything removed and you know we'll just kind of leave that pH water. we'll leave that one open um you know keep a close eye i can kind of see some of the points on both sides but uh you know they still do recommend um that you do flush and we'll go from there one good thing is it really does bring out the flat the color of the flowers right that's the thing
1: the The flushing brings out the color
0: well, yeah, just you know, with the fan leaves turning color and everything, the plants just look like they're getting ready. To, you know, it creates a nice visual, like the crop is maturing and it's getting you know to the point where your harvest is on the horizon. You know. Cool.
1: Now, what about um, what about this one for for a question? Because I, I definitely have a preference myself, but I don't know any better. Um, Autoflowers versus photoperiods. So, do you auto have a fl- preference? Because uh, there definitely seems to be. Um, two camps for sure on this as well yeah but Um, what's the bro what's the question so autoflowers suck and if you're a real grower you grow photos (laughs) okay all right i can see
0: i can kind of see how that would apply um i've grown autoflowers so
1: yeah i know one of the uh, people that i follow online uh, mr canucks uh, canadian fella uh, he loves autoflowers yeah let's ask ask
0: dr autoflower on youtube Um, Check them out. Dr. Autoflower. He's grown some, some really nice autoflowers. So um, anybody that says autoflowers suck, let's back up a little bit, right? Because like years and years and years and years ago, when autoflowers was first becoming a thing, you you know, they weren't the greatest at that time. I'm I'm not going to lie. The first ones I ever remember seeing online were uh, these ones called lowriders. Okay. And these were like kind of made for people growing on their window sills. Hmm. Um yeah. They're, they're kind of interesting. Them. Yeah. But the, but autos did suck for a while, right? Because the they were breeding in the Ruderalis genetic, which which is where the auto flowering genetic actually comes from. Um but the, but those types of plants like sucked in terms of potency so they had to like basically get that genetic bread into um some of the better genetics and all of that stuff takes time but over the years you know they've really evolved um and there's nice there's nice plants out there now i mean anybody that's still saying that they suck you know that's um definitely old bro science at this at this time so i'm gonna have to partially debunk this one here pache cool. think you know um, not even partially debunk. You know, as long as you have your genetics that are from, um, you know, a reputable
1: breeder, mm-hmm. um, then uh, this one's debunked for sure. And I find uh, when it comes to autoflowers, I, I heard somebody say, you know, when you plant an autoflower, it's like lighting a fuse. You know, it's it's now going to be on its own timetable, it. and you have to keep up with it. Whereas um, the photo periods, you know, you control when it's ready to flip. You know, so if uh, something happens and, you know, you were going to flip the flower tomorrow and something happens and you're not ready, you can put it off for a week or two if you have the space and, and that, all that, of course. So um, it's, yeah, it's uh, it's great. I would love to, if if I ever get to grow outside, which I don't know if I will or not, um it will be autoflowers so i'll uh i'm anxious to to try it one day yeah i mean um, i love the idea behind
0: being able to do waves of a harvest right mm. waves of harvest right like start them you know in little little cups indoors maybe and then move them outdoors and uh you know for june and july and then harvest at the end of july and put a couple more out and that's a great idea go from august to september and put it you know what i mean and get multiple harvests right i love the idea behind it um the thing with 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 autoflowers and maybe this is something that we should talk about in a whole episode you know moving forward is is a lot of the tricks that we use on photo period plants don't work on autoflowers right like you shouldn't be topping Mm them can't clone them um, you know, they tend to be, tr- they tend to be sensitive to, to, to nutrients as well. And if you know this stuff going into it, you c- you can have a really good crop, low maintenance, right? You don't have to really do much. So definitely
1: t- a topic of conversation, um, for another time, but yeah. Cool. Um, so now what about fan leaves? Uh, um, oh, do you pull off all your fan leaves? Uh, and will that make the plant grow bigger flowers? this Um, this is one
0: of these ones man when i immediately seen this even as a new grower years ago when i immediately when i seen this i knew that this one here was not you know I, i just knew that this one here it just felt right to me to know that this was not anything it was not consistent with anything that you know i had learned about the plant up until this point some people swear by this one and i am in awe of the decision to do that. Like I'm sticking with the first law of thermodynamics, right? Like you're not going to get something out of nothing. That's my stance on that. And I do stand firm on that. Uh, and I know some people will argue with me. Um, you're not pulling
1: your fan leaves off of your plants over there, Apache area. Um, yeah, I do to a point. Um, but I do, when I do it, I do it at a certain time. And I do it in a certain way. So when I first started this journey, I was sort of listening to two camps. You know, one camp said, leave the fan leaves on. They're the solar collectors. You know, they are providing, um, collecting all the energy for the plant to use. And then uh, another camp was saying, you know, um, you want to clear those uh leaves and, and those buds that you're not going to use because of the training method, of course. Um, and, and what's going to happen is, you know, the, if the plant has right now a hundred bud sites and is able to feed a hundred bud sites and you strip, let's say uh, 20 or 25% of those bud sites away, then all the potential is going to just drive right back into the 75% percent that remains um and that's going to really drive the uh the growth so i it it was a bit of a struggle for me but what i I did notice um and i noticed pretty early on was the the plants and the stalks and the stems that had leaves grew thicker and faster and and that just makes sense because well i i I can't find any science
0: on this, on this actually being tried properly. And everybody that's saying it online says it's been passed to them through word of mouth. And, you know, I'm definitely trying to get to the bottom of this one. But as you just said uh, a few minutes ago, like the plants need the fan leaves because that's how they convert light into sugar, Mm -hmm. which is, which is what the plant needs to grow because it can't uptake sugar itself. Right. And it's as simple as that. Um, And like you're saying, there are times when it is smart to remove,
1: you know, a few fan leaves, right? Well, and and, I mean, I think it's like anything, it's about balance. So Mm -hmm. when I I take off fan leaves, I will look at, for example, three in a row. Um, You know, level one, level two, level three, or, you know, first floor, second floor, third floor. Um, And I'll remove floor number two. And and what's happening there is um, it's increasing the airflow. The mm-hmm. the plants are still collecting um, the energy because the, those leaves, and especially where um, I top, I like I really like to leave those leaves where I've topped. Uh, I leave them be as long as I possibly can because they are it's the hub. And it is driving all. That's where all the nutrients are going. That's where I want all the activity to happen. Um, yeah. So I will leave the uh, the fan leaves on all around those hubs and anything that I want to be a hub. Anything that's after my canopy is developed.
0: Anything that's not getting light. Well, then at that point we have to say, well, its job is to convert light into sugar. And if it if it's not receiving light, you know, the, it's completely. Different story, um, right? And I'm a big fan of removing a couple of a couple of fan leaves up at the top too, right? Because sometimes you get those really large ones up at the top, and mm-hmm. one of those leaves can block, you know, several several flowers underneath it. So I'm a big fan of removing a, a few of those. They can have a huge impact when used correctly, right? It's like the force; you got to use it correctly. Um, my last grow, I by the end of it, I had pulled off most of the fan leaves due to powdery mildew, right? By the end of the grow. Um, and I could really tell that I suffered because of it. So uh, again, I'm going to go definitely by experience on this one. And the fact that I can't see this backed up by any type of science, um, you know, like Pache said, you know, we get in there underneath when we're scrogging and we pull off a lot of that uh, stuff underneath, um, because you do get other benefits by that. It you know, increases your airflow and pests can't set in and you get less of a chance of powdery mildew under there as well. So, yeah, I'm definitely debunking this one. That's
1: my stance. And I know there's people out there that'll argue this one, but, or, you know. Yeah, and especially a- the way I grow uh, the Nug Buckets technique, the manifolding, the main lining technique, um, that is a big proponent of sort of once you top, you strip everything below that node. Um, and so I... I don't do that. I incorporate you know, your growing method, Ray, um, where I leave a lot of the fan leaves, mm-hmm. um, but I do strip a fair amount of them away as well. So I, I'm sort of on the fence, and, but I, I think I'm strategically on the fence. Yeah, I mean, anything that's not getting
0: light or not part of your canopy and getting light, well, then it's not being utilized anyway, right? So
1: that's why... Might as well get rid of it. Yeah, because I've I've got, uh, by the time we have our next week show, I will have hit my 21 days of flower, and that's pruning day. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the first time I've gotten a prune since, you know, last month. Um, And I have to get underneath that canopy. I've got photos, and there's a lot of... Little buds and and whatnot that are just not getting any light at all, mm-hmm. um, and and you can tell they're they're wilting. So yeah. got to get rid of them. Yeah. Um So what do you what do you think about uh, twenty four hours of darkness uh, will get your plants to flower faster? So we were sort of talking about that earlier, but we, and we sort of talked about uh, at the end of the flowering cycle, and yeah, I think this well. time I'm going to leave the lights on. But I I did this I've again. Tried it. I've
0: tried it. I've tried this one. I've tried this one numerous different times. Mm-hmm. Um, this Again, this is another one of those easy easy to try ones, right? Um, I'm going to be honest. I tried it with with, um, w- with the same genetics, right? Like with clones. Uh, and I, I experienced no difference at all. Um, th- there was something else too. I, w- I wanted to say back when you were kind of touching on this, but I knew this one was coming and I wanted to hold off on it. I did read something either today or yesterday. Um, they were basically saying... What was it now? I'm trying to remember. It was just a comment. Um, This 24 hours of darkness, so they tried this in a controlled experiment, and they said that the plant response to 24 hours of darkness or to 12 hours of darkness to initiate flower peering was actually exactly the same. Hmm. the measured plant response so i i, I did want to <laughs> say that earlier um but yeah i did actually see that which was kind of um you know news to me because i figured you know it was going to take a little bit longer than that i didn't realize that the the response was so immediate um mm-hmm. but yeah and w- when i did try this one i i didn't notice a difference right so that kind of uh
1: consistent so you you've tried this right mm-hmm. but i haven't tried it the other way so i haven't tried not right. doing the 24 hours of darkness mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So I might try Next that time. with with yeah, the uh, yeah. Bruce Banner.
0: Yeah, exactly, absolutely, for sure.
1: What else you got? And well, now this is uh, something that's interesting. So, uh, adding blackstrap molasses during the last weeks of flowering makes the buds sweeter. Hmm. You know, what do you think I of got this?
0: I got caught by this one too. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Right? Who? <laughs> right? Cause there's lots of people trying this and molasses mm-hmm. is pretty cheap and, and accessible around the world. So it's, so it's kind of used and who, who doesn't want sweeter buds, right? I mean, you get Absolutely. definitely,
1: con- I'm, I just started uh-huh. incorporating molasses into my grow.
0: Yeah. I, I had incorporated molasses in, in, into grows as well um learned a lesson outdoors so let's do an outdoor alert on this one for everybody because i ended up having some rabbit problems um because you know of course Mm -hmm. if you're going to be using blackstrap molasses um you know it can attract pests right so Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind you know if you're indoor grown then don't worry about it but if you're outdoor grown it's just another variable that you need to take into account when you're planning your setup so and i've had it happen so it you know but yeah this this one catches you right a lot of hype a lot of hype online about this one so um i got i have to say i I did get deep into this one this is a rabbit hole right this is another one of these that that's a rabbit hole um you know so people do specifically say that it makes the buds sweeter right Mm -hmm. you know so that's something that we have to take into consideration i don't my experience has been that it didn't make the bud sweeter. Um, did it have benefits? You know, well, farmers use this stuff traditionally for, th- for certain crops. They've used it kind of outdoors. So uh, that's something to take into consideration. But it has the MPK value of 1-0-5, right? So right away, if you're using this during flowering, it's having some value.
1: Some bloom effect.
0: right so you can't say that it doesn't um it does have a ph of 5.5 so that's something that it could take into consideration if you're you know excessively using it it can alter the ph so something you want to just keep in your mind but um science actually shows that um these you know carbohydrates or blackstrap molasses added to the soil actually feeds microbes right Mm uh which in turn produce co2 so that's a thing and that's a benefit um so you need this kind of stuff to have a healthy colony of of rhizobacteria and your other beneficial bacteria for this to work though um because the plants can't just utilize the sugar you know not directly not directly exactly um but and then of course a reminder um if you're using molasses you can't it it has to be unsulfured right because sulfur kills the microbes so um here's the thing if if you're growing in you know in soil and you have beneficial bacteria absolutely you know uh, 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 on those on those grounds you know adding molasses is not going to hurt it's organic right um but I have to think, yeah, so we talked about this Pache. Pache's bringing up on the screen the Diablo Monster Curb. You know, we were kind of looking at that. It's got some fancy wording on the pamphlet there, Pache.
1: Yeah, and this is the stuff that I bought myself. Uh, this is the first grow that I've used it. Um, so I don't have any reviews as of yet, but I uh, add it once a week. Um, and it is, so I'm just going to read rate what Diablo uh, claims. Um, Mm -hmm. So monster carb liquid is a liquid form of of water-soluble molasses that provides a pure carbohydrate source as a food for robust beneficial bacteria. Monster carb also provides a soluble source of iron and can be used from the second week of the flowering cycle to the end. Now... It also so, has some... So here's uh, the thing. If you're using the other Diablo
0: product, well, which one was that now? The Monster this Max? Is Monster Carb uh, liquid. Yeah. So if you're using Monster Max, Monster Max is the beneficial bacteria. Right. So M- Monster Carb is a food for the beneficial bacteria. I, I oh, get that's that. a good way to put it. Yeah. When, when we first were kind of looking at that, I didn't get that same vibe. Uh, right? okay. It's more clear to me now because it works in conjunction
1: with uh, monster max and monster max is beneficial bacteria. Oh, awesome. Cool. And I'm just going to, there's a couple bold points that they have on their, on their website that I thought was interesting. Um, two types of complex carbohydrates, um, added weight to the final plant, um, source of, uh, soluble organic iron, um, food for microbial, microbial activity. Um, and th- there's also something here that I wanted to quickly read. Um, do, 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 During the flowering phase, um, the plant's consumption of sugar can exceed its ability to uh, produce enough and monster carbs need easy solution. Um, and plants can use curbs internally in growing and flowering or externally as polysaccharides. Uh, food for the, uh, the organisms in the soil, which you were just uh, saying, Ray, uh, which in turn break down matter in the soil and offer up basic available nutrients, um, for the plant to uptake. So, yeah, so we're giving this a, a shot and I will definitely be giving a review at the end of this. So that will be yeah. in season three. Uh, look for that review. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: And you know, it just, uh, I, for, for that one, I'm, I'm going to have to say, I worry about the claim of making sweeter buds cause I just didn't mm-hmm. really find that. Maybe I missed something there, but Hey, I, I, I'm going to say that there's lots of merit to everything else. It does make sense. Um, so benefits, oh. but not the, uh, the sweetness
1: aspect. We, yeah. We'll, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see as we go. Keep us updated on that. Absolutely. Um, now this does sort of last one that I have on, on my, uh, on my agenda. And that is, can you tell the sex of the seed by looking at certain features? Mm-hmm. So this, You know, I I got caught by
0: this one over the years as well. Not going to lie, a quick Google search will will lead you to a chart that shows you that um, you know it explains that if you look at the bottom of a seed and it does this and looks like this and um, you can tell if it's male or female, it's actually not true. So this is definitely, um, you know, untrue. There is no way to tell the sex of a seed by appearance. This is a mm-hmm. complete myth. And whoever made that chart, you know, kudos to you, I guess, if you were looking to troll people because it worked. But yeah, there's just, you know, be, be totally aware of this. The only thing that you can tell from a seed by the appearance, you know, is maturity really in the health of the seed it'll uh you know be n- nice and swollen and have nice defined lines and beautiful patterns on them um but there's no indication there at all um whether it's male or female but they can actually test the uh, cotyledon They're the first two leaves that appear, the Mm cotyledon or whatever they call them. Um, You can actually pop one of those, and after the after the plant gets its first set of true leaves, um, they can actually test the cotyledon for the Y chromosome to determine its gender. So they've done that with science. Wow! Yeah. So just a fun fact for you there. Yeah. So you seem to have basically hit the main ones, right? These are the ones that are, that are the most important, but I think really upon, upon talking about this one, I really think in the future, this one is going to spawn a part two. Um, because I
1: think there's a lot more out there that, uh, we didn't quite address, but these are definitely the main ones. And if any of our listeners out there have any suggestions or have heard any words of wisdom or bro science or old wives tales uh, when it comes to growing, uh, drop us a note. Um, we would be very interested in hearing, especially from different parts of the world. Um, it would be, uh, it'd be pretty cool to, to get some different insights. And, uh, yeah, we'll add it into one of the next shows, the upcoming Great. shows. All you got to do is go to
0: Facebook, search Plant Therapy Live, and then click on the Big Bag of nuts.
1: Yeah, right. and it, if you that, if you see the um, the canopy that's online right now on the um, on YouTube, um, just look for that. It's the same photo there as it is uh, on Facebook. So check us out.
0: You can drop us a line there. You can also go to Plant Therapy Live, and in the bottom right hand corner of the screen, you can leave us a message there as well if you don't want to do it publicly and uh in the new year we're going to have changes coming up that are going to allow us to become more interactive with our listener base pache which is going to be nice we're going to be able to have people send us voice messages uh with questions and and uh and comments and stuff like that and we'll be able to incorporate that into some of the shows moving forward so um christmas is around the corner though you said you're starting
1: to get uh, some preparations there pache Oh yeah, so um, I'm there's I, I find the earlier I can get stuff done and the more organized I am, the the less and the lower stress levels I have, um, which I'm all about. Mm -hmm. And so I've started my Christmas shopping. Um, You know, hopefully I'll be done in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I started decorating. The tree is up, and we started putting lights on uh, today. And yes, sir. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a fun time of year. It's exciting, and you know, most of my life I didn't look forward to this time of year, but that has turned around, and uh, I'm excited. You know, it yeah. uh, the weather's is so nice here on the East Coast. Um, we, you know, I've seen that the bo- that the
0: tree that the Christmas tree that uh, in, in we North Chicago, that we send to Boston, I see that
1: that's on its way. So anyone listening, listening in Boston, uh, the Christmas tree is coming folks. So hang in there. It's beautiful. Awesome. So
0: that's awesome. Um, uh, any other closing thoughts for tonight, Pajay? Uh,
1: no, I don't think, um, anything, nothing really on my mind. I just want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in and listening. Uh, thank you, Ray, for, uh, being there for the, all the advice. I'm going to keep bending your ear, uh, for many years to come. And, yeah, so this has just been a lot of fun. Awesome. Once again, my name is Ray. And I'm Pache.
0: And join us next week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a great week, everybody. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.